This is the morning brief from the Economic Times. Let's talk about these new consumer protection rules. These rules are a revision of the 2020 versions of those same rules which were designed to curb cheating and unfair trade practices from e-commerce companies like Flipkart and Amazon. Amazon aur Flipkart jaisi e-commerce companies dwara ki jane wali kathit flash sale par lagam lagane ke liye kendra sarkar kuch niyamon mein badlav karne ja rahi hai. According to the uh, draft proposal, specific flash sales which offer high discounts won't be allowed. Many of these large e-commerce companies have come into India and very blatantly flouted the laws of the land in more ways than one. Uh, I I've had several engagements with these large companies, particularly the American ones, and I can see a little bit of an arrogance. of their being big and their ability to finance large amounts of money in the initial stages to try and capture the indian market or larger part of the indian market particularly in certain products to the detriment of our mom and pop stores the past decade has seen e-commerce flourish in india Flipkart which started out as an online bookseller today sells everything from airline tickets to clothes and appliances while homegrown brands like Snapdeal joined the fray the Bezos led behemoth Amazon entered the market in 2013 today the indian e-commerce market is worth 60 billion dollars now indian conglomerates like reliance and tata are also eyeing a share of this action With so much activity going on, some would say it was a matter of time before the Indian government stepped in to regulate the sector. On June 21st, the Ministry of Consumer Affairs released a draft bill which was being debated behind the scenes for a while. Big e-commerce platforms have not been enthusiastic in welcoming this new government move and have been granted an extension till July 21st to offer their comments to the government from the earlier deadline of July 6. They fear an overreach by the Consumer Affairs Ministry into a segment that has traditionally been overseen by the Ministry of Electronics and Information Technology. We will discuss what the issues are at stake here and what this means for you as an end consumer. I am Shashwat Mohanty and you are listening to the Morning Brief. On today's episode, we have Archana Tiwari, partner at the law firm J Sagar Associates. who is a consultant for multiple large e-commerce retail firms accompanying archana will be fellow advocate and consumer rights activist jehangir gai who is a national consumer protection award recipient and has been a consumer rights activist since 1983 3 years before the consumer rights protection act was even formulated we also have digvijay mishra from et with us who covers startups and has a bird's eye view of developments in the e-commerce sector welcome to the show archana jehangir and digvijay Thanks, Shashwat. Happy to be back. So, Achana, let's start with you. The draft bill signals a change in a way that e-com players operate. Uh, what are the more contentious aspects of this move from the perspective of online retailers, and what are the main issues that the e-com firms are most concerned about? Sure. So, uh, the thing to bear in mind is that these rules would apply to all e-commerce players across all sectors. so um what it will mean is that companies which are in travel in online provision of services online provision of products 
it will apply to all of them equally and in that context some of these changes will seem um, a little bit more problematic or a little bit more contentious so if we just look through the rules some of the things that have um, caught the attention of people reading these proposed changes one is you can look at the fact that the definition of e-commerce entity itself has been broadened and it now covers a wide range of persons or entities engaged for the purpose of fulfillment of orders and any related party several e-commerce entity groups are set up such that there could be a number of entities in the group which don't do e-commerce work but do other sort of services um this broadening of the definition might impact those as well the second change as you go through the rules is the concept of fallback liability being brought in this can be especially uh, concerning for e-commerce entities because we're also telling them that they have to be unrelated to the sellers on their platform they have to be on arms length basis with the sellers they can't preferentially treat any sellers but we're saying but on the other hand you do have to take responsibility for the mistakes committed by any seller on your platform it seems a bit unfair the other provision which uh, seems to have caught a lot of attention is the provision on flash sales being prohibited there is a proviso which says that conventional flash sales are not the problem the problem are fraudulently intercepting flash sales which um use technological means to intercept ordinary course of business and are intended to enable only specific sellers to benefit now the clarification which was provided after this again sort of created more confusion than it clarified as you go ahead there are provisions which ask for the appointment of a grievance officer a compliance officer a nodal officer all these officers will have a great deal of responsibility and even outright liability so it seems to be that we're asking a lot from the people appointed in these positions right thanks thanks for the summary archana the consumer affairs department has slapped a fine on amazon for non compliance with rules around displaying country of origin for all packaged products on its platform we understand that amazon has been asked to pay up rupees 25000 as uh, the department has registered this as a first offense of the company on this issue E-commerce majors Amazon and Flipkart are under the lens after reports that the Competition Commission of India plans to expedite a probe into allegations of anti-competitive behavior at the two firms. Now the antitrust probe had begun last year after complaints alleging that the two companies promoted select sellers on their platforms and provided deep discounts that stifled competition. Foreign e-commerce giants have been facing growing issues from Indian regulators. Most recently, when an antitrust investigation by the Competition Commission of India was filed into their business practices, with both Amazon and Walmart denying any wrongdoing. We'll get to some specifics a little later. But Digvijay, how have e-commerce companies reacted to the draft bill, and you know, which was announced on June 21, and what have been the major developments since then? So I think what has I think uh, most of the e-commerce companies uh, have not liked it uh, so far, and they have raised uh, many concerns with the government over, during a meeting over the weekend. But uh, I think they, one of the issues is also that you know uh, it it just talks it it deals with pretty much everything data competition uh, issues like related party which are not conventionally part of uh, how um, consumer protection works. so they are little uh, confused about you know how the consumer affairs ministry is talking and uh, proposing these changes and also the, i think where everyone is sort of confused and little surprised that the changes or the proposals are very broad 
like say what Archana was mentioning, they first mentioned about flash sales and then the clarification, which only added to the confusion, uh, which is, you know, uh, what is a conventional flash sale? I mean, e-commerce is relatively new in India, right? Uh, we Whatever we have seen from the likes of Flipkart and Amazon, that is the convention sort of so far. So we don't know yet what, and this was asked by the companies uh, on over the weekend to the government. But even then, uh, there was no immediate clarification as to, you know, what will, uh, which kind of flash sales will be allowed, which won't be allowed. So there is a lot of confusion, which is still around. And, uh, you know, companies are basically saying that, you know, the definitions are very broad. And, you know, some also feel that it was written, it was, you know, rushed uh, the way the draft was formed. And typically government, typically ministry uh, drafts are not these broad. Got it. So, Digvisha, can you explain the thinking behind this draft bill? Why has the Consumer Affairs Ministry come out with this bill as opposed to, say, uh, Ministry of Commerce and Industry and uh, the timing of it all? And what is the significance of the Consumer Affairs Ministry coming out with such a bill? I mean, see, the, in e-commerce, it is it is still evolving. So, Consumer Affairs Ministry coming out with, uh, you know, guidelines to sort of to strengthen consumer rights for online shopping is is a good move. But I think they have gone beyond that is is what we are told from uh, not just companies but uh, public policy experts lawyers and other industry stakeholders the timing is very uh, surprising even to the e-commerce companies that we have spoken to and uh, the brands none of them really expected because the commerce ministry had issued a draft as well and uh, i think last year sometime it was there and then it was kind of you know put on the back burner and nothing really happened um and, you know, of course, the pandemic happened. Everyone got busy with that. And uh, e-commerce sales were, you know, picking up like anything. Then the second wave came. And then while things are still recovering, this suddenly came. So pretty much quite a few, most of the people were surprised. And uh, I think what what we mentioned in some of our stories also, that there'll be a lot of interministerial uh, uh, you know, follow-ups on some of these things because uh, they are overlapping, like specifically, say, data. Uh, Meti was already working on it. Uh, and e-commerce companies have also said that, you know, they want that to be out of this policy. Uh, so some these things, these things are there. And I think there is there is also, I mean, this is part of the speculation that this is coming at a time when, you know, there is a buzz about uh, a potential uh, reshuffle in the cabinet so all of this is uh, making it uh, uh, very interesting, uh, but but there are no clear answers as to why this has come from a Consumer Affairs Department, what kind of discussions are happening between the ministries here. Okay. And, uh, you know, you touched upon the data protection bit. So what is your take on the ministry weighing in on aspects related to data protection and anti-competition? Aren't they overstepping and, you know, it's a territory that is usually overseen by Ministry of Electronics and IT or maybe even Department of Promotion of Industry and Industrial Trade, uh, DPIIT, uh, under the Commerce Ministry. So aren't they, um, you know, stepping over their jurisdiction here? Yeah, so that's the that's the broad concern about some of the other aspects as well. Like, uh, you know, this is and clearly the PDP bill is still in the works. And, uh, you know, I think everyone uh, recommended to the government that, you know, this aspect should be left out of uh, this policy because it just doesn't make sense. And uh, even, uh, you know, uh, lawyers have also kind of vouched for the same. But it is not just for data, even if I think flash sale is a is an area about, you know, consumer rights, how they are trying to address. 
but uh, we still don't know how exactly uh, at least companies are and brands are trying to figure out how flash sales could be anti-consumer yet because it kind of comes with discounts and it creates a hype for companies. Jahangir, as a consumer rights activist, do you think these flash sales are anti-consumer in any way? And is there any undue advantage to the online sellers that they are getting currently? Speaking from the consumer viewpoint, a flash sale always benefits the consumer because he gets the same product at a much lower price at a discounted rate. So a consumer benefits, it cannot be against his interest. Secondly, if it is against consumer interest, why do consumers want to have flash sales? So obviously, I think the, the consumer's uh, uh, response makes it clearly evident that flash sales are always something that a consumer looks forward to. Right, sir. And uh, about uh, the online sellers, are they unduly benefiting from uh, the current system? No, I don't think so. In fact, in any case, the law always uh, provides for a maximum retail price. It's not the minimal retail price. So any shopkeeper, any trader, whether online or offline, can go for price which is below the market rate. So I don't see why that should be a problem. Let us say even ordinary products, you buy something from say Crawford market, you get it at a much discounted rate. You buy something from the wholesale markets, it's at a lower rate. So if something is provided by an online portal at a lower rate, there cannot be any objection. Many shopkeepers who have both offline and online uh, businesses, just by way of illustration, let's say Shopper's Stop. They are a chain of stores and they also sell online. Metro shoes, Mochi shoes. So it is the market forces which play a major factor and it doesn't really adversely affect anybody. In fact, a free economy is always best for everybody. Jehangir, what's your take on the bill? Uh, Are the consumers' interests actually being protected in the bill? No, not at all. Reason why I say so is that the bill just makes things more complicated, brings in unnecessary regulation where it is not required, which will increase the costs of the portals and the online merchants. These costs will ultimately be passed on to the consumer because of which the end product will cost more. So the consumer will actually be a loser. Now, where regulation is required, basically, the bill does not seek to protect the consumer. For instance, there are several fly-by-night, not several, but some fly-by-night operators. They start a portal, collect money, and then they disappear. Or there are portals where something is promised, good A is promised, and something else is packaged and sent. So if supposing I order a mobile and I land up with a packet of stones, then what do I do? So these are the actual problems which a consumer faces where only over a period of time he comes to know whether the online merchant or the portal is reliable or not. Right. And that experience is not, I mean, if you are a victim, the experience is not something you would like. Of course. So that is where the regulation should be to protect the consumer. And this particular aspect has not at all been adverted to in the bill. Okay, John. India's biggest sale, Flipkart's Pick Billion Days. It's the best in India. India!
The Flipkart Big Billion Days are back. Two se six October. Ab itne me itna milega. ऑनलाइन Uh, which said, and I quote: "Only specific flash sales or back-to-back sales that were disallowed." This has confused e-com pl- platforms even further. Uh, so, can you explain the rationale behind that? Sure. So, I think uh, the rationale is something we can discuss. Though an explanation is uh, a bit murky because we still don't know what the government is exactly trying to achieve here. Um, when the when we look at the way the rules are proposed to be amended, what they're saying is flash sales. which are fraudulent and which intercept ordinary course of business and with an intent to enable only specified sellers are what we have a problem with so we could read this to mean we don't have a problem with you know your the regular sales that occur like festive sales and discounts we do have a problem where it's um, it's benefiting a particular type of seller or a particular group of sellers and it's done in a way that you're using the data that you have from the consumers in uh, in an inappropriate manner or something like that however the clarification that came later seemed to relate to a different sort of flash sale where they said if a seller doesn't have substance and that seller is buying the product in a flash or in a back to back sale from somebody related to the e-commerce entity then that is something that the government has a problem with now if we look at the sort of flash sale that the government was talking about in the second or the, in the clarificatory comment that's something that the government has expressed discomfort with for several years now but when we look at what is in the rules directly it doesn't really uh, immediately look clear as to what distinguishes a conventional sale from a flash sale that is problematic what the government is saying is we just want to have a provision for consumers to be able to complain if they see a flash sale that is fraudulent but it probably seems to be that even the government is waiting for examples to come up um as the law is applied rather than to have examples at hand to talk about what's the problem right dikbachar we've seen a huge pushback from brick and mortar associations but uh, how much market share do e-commerce platforms uh, really make up in india's 500 billion dollar retail market i think uh, you know that's an interesting uh, sort of part of the puzzle because uh, i mean e-commerce is still relatively smaller compared to the broader retail market i think if i have to go by reports last year i think it was maybe 5% or 5 to 6% of the total retail market in india but uh, it its penetration will increase uh, this year as well or almost double because of the you know pandemic led adoption and stuff like that but i think the the brick and mortar part and the small traders part is where uh, i think the government i'm told is coming from is that you know that's where i think a bit of politics is also involved because this huge base of small time traders and uh, offline store owners they are they are also uh, you know an important part of the vote bank the bharatiya janata party came to power a large amount owing to the trader community which supported it so today here's the situation like you've got with facebook like with twitter every company that comes in from the outside cox's look at india as if suggesting 
that Indian laws are not applicable to them and that they are superior to the Indian legal system. And that is something the government wants to balance it well while it wants to welcome investment, but it doesn't want to uh, piss off too many people as well. So that's what they're trying to balance. And uh, I think that's where the you know politics of it comes into these policies. Got it. Got it. I predict that the 21st century is going to be the Indian century. In this 21st century, the most important alliance is going to be the alliance between India and the United States. That was Jeff Bezos speaking during his visit to India in January 2020. As you said, you know, investments are uh, important. So we've seen Amazon uh, invest roughly about $7 billion. Walmart through Flipkart has brought in another $16 billion. So money is still pouring in from big players, big international players into the market. Money is still pouring. But I think what I've gathered in the last uh, 10 days is that, uh, you know, people are a little concerned that, uh, you know, what these policy changes would mean. Uh, Especially, you know, a company like Flipkart and Amazon won't have capital issues, but some of the vertical e-commerce players that are there, what happens to them if, if such policy changes keep coming? So I think that's where... There are some concerns, but uh, I mean, people are sort of, uh, I mean, by people, I mean, investors, they are uh, closely tracking the developments. So yeah, there is a bit of anxiety there. Right. And uh, we've seen other domestic players such as Tata and Reliance also have big plans for the sector. See, it's very clear that the Tatas are very uh, keen for, uh, you know, to have a uh, sizable play in the growing e-commerce market. That's why these acquisitions and investments are happening. Uh, and they are building out a team. They have a plan for a super app. Uh, but how some of these, you know, I think we reported uh, in our story today also that Tata's raised some of these uh, concerns with the government that especially the related party one and even the fact that, you know, they have uh, built uh, the, the Tata name in itself has a lot of trust among consumers. And one of the clauses in the policy says that you, you know, a platform shouldn't uh, use their name in the, some of their own private brands. So Tata also raised the point that, you know, I have uh, spent time and built these brands. And if I can't use the same to, uh, you know, add more credibility to a brand, uh, that will also be, uh, might not be great for them or for the consumers. So there are multiple aspects where uh, even the uh, conglomerates like Tata's uh, could get affected. And that's where I think uh, the meeting uh, that happened on Saturday was very crucial Many points were raised, and uh, I, from what I'm told, uh, some changes are expected, and no one uh, is actually believing that uh, these rules will be passed or these proposals will go through uh, as they are in their current form. Right, but in the case that you know the the bill stands as is, uh, we've seen the acquisitions by Tata's, as Dikpaja mentioned, into. Um, Online pharmacy store 1MG and e-grocer Big Basket. Reliance has bought into net another uh, pharmacy company, NetMeds. So other such deals are also in the pipeline. Uh, Archana, could these be hampered if the rules go through as is? The related parties rule? Uh, sure. So there are a couple of things if you look at how the industry has 
uh, evolved over the past year and how the industry operates in general there are a lot of e-commerce groups where uh, multiple entities in the group do uh, things which support each other's businesses and then in the last year there was also as you rightly noted there were a number of acquisitions and there was also a need a commercial need for a smaller business to consolidate or sell to larger businesses to be able to survive the lockdown and the pandemic implications so there have been a number of such cases where large groups have bought smaller groups or smaller brands and the idea was to integrate and to be present in that manner but these are necess- not necessarily in one company so there would be groups having different companies with different brands and different products so if we say that related parties or associated enterprises uh, can't sell on the e-commerce platform and then we go on to say that the definition of associated enterprises could be anything where there is a relationship of material benefit um, you know it it sort of broadens the scope of the restriction to a large extent leading to a fair amount of discomfort on what exactly is permitted or not permitted uh, you also are looking at private labels and private brands that e-commerce entities have which could also be impacted by these rules so it does create uncertainty for e-commerce entities to rethink how to operate if they can't operate the way they have been doing for all these uh, past several years or, or several months right uh dikpesh you noted a very interesting point in your story that came out today morning is it possible that these regulations will spill over to other online platforms like food delivery and online ticket booking are the likes of swiggy zomato and make my trip next to be affected by these rules yeah yeah definitely i think uh, that's where i mean you know there among all the concerns that's another concern that some of these platforms offering services have that you know they have been clubbed together with uh, uh, you know platforms selling goods but the broad definition the how they have defined it basically food delivery even the likes of uber and ola will actually come under it as well we had reported it so i think that 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 was another concern that was, that is being raised within the with the government that um you know how how that can be sort of filtered out and can be made uh, more practical because uh, if you see uh, you know what has happened about uh, you know last year what happened about uh, this country of origin uh, issue that happened you know after after the border dispute with china uh, the current draft rule says that you know whenever a imported goods or a service is being uh, sold on on a platform e-commerce companies should offer an alternative uh, which is uh, locally made now that's very difficult to actually uh, implement it on a day to day basis uh, while e-commerce companies selling goods are also uh, figuring out how they'll be able to do given that they have millions of listing services companies like say for example make my trip mm-hmm. i think they are they the one of the travel companies told me that uh, you know if someone is buying a ticket to go somewhere outside india do they have to all the time give a domestic airline option even if the say the foreign airline is cheaper which is uh, more uh, any consumer will go for that so right. those are some of the other practical challenges that are that are very hard to implement uh, yeah so uh, you know services companies were also part of it and will be giving their uh, feedback on some of these issues and jangi lastly coming to you um if this bill goes into effect as it is now what can we as consumers expect uh, what will be our benefits and losses out of it i don't think there is a single benefit i can't see a single benefit here 
the loss would be of course as i mentioned earlier an increase in the administrative cost for a merchant which in turn will be passed on to the consumer a limitation on the portal where it cannot uh, conduct flash sales so once again the consumer is a loser so i do not see any plus point i see only negative points in the bill got it digvij has been reporting consistently that you know e-commerce platforms have had meetings with the government with the lawmakers so archana what's next for e-commerce platforms the industry has another couple of weeks to provide some feedback can they realistically hope to lobby for amendments to this draft yeah i think a lot of companies are um, providing feedback and interacting with the government uh, some amount of discussion has already been had on saturday as digvij i mentioned so hopefully the government is listening to all the feedback from all the industry players uh, especially regarding uh, the applicability of these rules uh, rules in a broad manner to all sorts of companies and the difficulties that companies for instance which provide services or which provide digital services or travel options and goods they're not going to be able to comply with these rules as drafted so hopefully the government will listen to the stakeholders and we'll see a revised set of changes for the industry to look at and react to thank you archana jahangir and digvijay for taking the time out and explaining the nitty gritties of the draft rules the government's decision to come out with draft rules to regulate the e-commerce industry has ruffled quite a few feathers the timing of it all as digvijay mentioned could be fueled by politicking rather than an earnest attempt to balance out the market for the smaller players while there's no denying that e-commerce is a huge sector a mere 10% of india's 500 billion dollar market attracting such a confusing set of directives is yet another body blow for an industry that was marred by the pandemic as year on year sales have dipped by as much as 20% in some segments it seems that consumers will lose out on flash sales and other discounts too as sales will be restricted to the festival season only the e-commerce companies have made their case to the ministry in both writing and in person visits and remain confident that an amended version of the draft will be made legal that's all from us today i'm shashwat mohanty and you've been listening to the morning brief this episode was edited and coordinated by anjali venugopalan i sincerely hope you've enjoyed listening to this episode if you would like to give us some feedback please write to us at the morning brief at timesgroup.com and if you like this episode please share it on your social media handles the morning brief drops every tuesday thursday and friday all clips used in this episode belong to their respective owners you can find the credits in the description thank you everyone for listening in and have a nice week